0: Hey. I bless and we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of His mercy and love at the feet of amen could you praise the lord this morning with your hands it's he lovely amen glory to god (laughs) welcome to the service this morning amen the last service of the year and i hope you came with your hearts prepared and ready to worship him today amen let's sing a few songs and praise and worship now man i will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart amen you got thanksgiving in your heart this morning hallelujah let's let him know it i will enter his gates with thanksgiving and my heart i will enter his courts with prayer and i will say this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice for he has made me glad Ooh, he has made me glad He has made me glad I will rejoice for He has made me glad He has made me glad Yes, He has made me glad Oh, I will rejoice for He has made me glad Well, I will enter His gates With thanksgiving in my heart I'll enter His courts with praise I will say this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice for He has made me glad I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart I'll enter His court with praise I will say this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He made you glad. Well he has made me glad. Oh he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. Oh he has made me glad. Will rejoice for he has made me glad. And I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing Come on now I will sing Yes, I will sing Of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord And with my mouth Shall I make known Thy faithfulness Thy faithfulness And with my mouth Shall I make known Thy faithfulness To all generations I will sing Of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing Of the mercies of the Lord Again now Well I will sing Of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing Oh yes, I will sing I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord And with my mouth shall I make known Thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness And with my mouth shall I make known Thy faithfulness to all generations I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord O oh, magnify the Lord with me For He is worthy to be praised O oh, magnify the Lord with me he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, yes, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Well, glory, glory to His name. He lives and reigns forevermore. Oh, glory, glory to His name. He lives and reigns forevermore. Hosanna! Yes, blessed be the Rock. Oh, blessed be the Rock of my salvation. Yes, blessed be the rock Blessed be the rock of my salvation Well, Jehovah Jireh is His name For He provideth all my need Jehovah Jireh is His name Provideth all my needs. Singing now, Hosanna! Oh, blessed be the Rock of my salvation. Hosanna! Yes, blessed be the Rock. Blessed be the Rock of my salvation. Amen. Give Him a hand, saints. Hallelujah. Is he the rock of your salvation? Glory to God. I know he's mine. Hallelujah. Let's sing one more just before we take our special needs to the Lord. He paid a debt. Kiyoshi. He paid a debt. He did not own. I owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed someone. To wash my sins away And now I sing A brand new song Amazing grace All day long Christ Jesus Paid a debt That I could never pay And he paid that debt at Calvary He cleansed my soul and set me free I'm glad that Jesus did all my sins erase And now I sing a brand new song Amazing grace all day long Jesus paid a debt That I could never pay And one day He's coming back For me to live with Him Eternally Won't it be glorious To see Him on that day I then Sing a brand new song. Amazing grace all day long. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. First verse, verse. And he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay someone to wash my sins away and now i sing a brand new song amazing grace all day long christ jesus paid a debt that i could never pay amen amen isn't that lovely saints he paid that debt for you and I on Calvary. My, what a glorious thought. Man, that we could be free to worship Him in spirit and truth. Man, free to carry whatever life's troubling, troubling us with. Amen. we know that we can take it to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And He has the answers to all of our needs. Amen. Man, I'm so thankful for that. Hey, Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Ben Pritchard, if he would make ready to take the special needs to us. Man, we'll make mention of a few of these. Those of you taking notes, amen. I uh, want to pray for Melody and the kids, brother Matt uh informed us they're still not feeling well. Uh, if you'd remember brother or uh, little Henry Coffee, uh, still recovering from his surgery. Amen. We want to remember the Ashdown family who is not with us today. There's the whole Winter Youth uh group that went up to the Winter Youth retreat. Uh they're still traveling, so we want to remember them in our in their in our prayers. God would bring them safely back to each and every family amen <clears throat> if you remember the whitlock family also not with us uh, brother david had to work and uh, i want to remember brother keith buchanan in prayer and also the drum family who are not with us and also have a request here to remember brother aaron uh, ningamazi he is in ghana right now and uh, i think brother barry has a report on that so we'll just look forward to hear about that amen I have one more special need here. Pray for uh, Brother Samuel, Sister Jessica, and Ruby. Uh, Pew. They have they've been sick this week. Amen. All right. So we'll remember them in prayer. Come on, Brother Ben. We'll take our special needs at this time to the Lord. Do you have unspoken prayer request? Amen. God knows the need on your heart, friend. You, we're gonna pray with you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come to
1: your house, Lord, to praise you, Lord, to fill your presence among us. Lord, we pray that you'd be with the ones that are sick and afflicted, Lord, the ones that are getting over sickness, may you just continue to heal them, Lord, our brother Keith. Lord, I pray that you just have a special, a special blessing for him this morning, Lord, I pray that you touch our brother, Lord, we want to see him back in the house of God. Lord, we pray that you'd be with the ones that are traveling back from the uh, services, Lord, give them traveling mercies pray that you just bless Brother Barry. Lord, let your word flow through him into our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you, Ben. Appreciate that, brother. You can have your seat, saints. We'll just sing a few worship songs here. Man, just prepare our hearts for the word today. Man, and I just invite you to, to just close your eyes. Worship God as you you would normally do if no one was watching. Amen. That's how... I believe we should always worship, amen? Not worrying about what someone else is thinking about I and mean, if someone's watching us. Really and truly, it's just you and God, amen? So let's just think about that as we worship today. What's that song, sister? He is able More than able To accomplish what concerns. now and he is able oh the able to accomplish what concerns me today he is able My. I have a maker, he formed my heart, and before even time began, my life was in. and he knows my every thought he sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call I have a father Calls me his own. He'll never leave me, no matter where I go. Are you thankful for that? And he knows my name. My every thought Oh, He sees Each tear that falls And He hears me when I call And I have a Maker He formed my heart For even time began, my life was in his say? Come on now. O'er the waters, O my soul longeth after Thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. Come on, just enter in now, For you my strength, my shield, to you alone does my spirit
2: hear.
0: Oh, you alone are my heart, desire, and I long to worship My friend, and you are my brother, even though you are a king, and I want you more than any other, so much more than anything. My strength, my sheep You alone does my spirit yield. Oh, You alone are my heart, desire, and I long to worship Thee. And I want you more than gold or silver, only you can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the eye. sing with me now. You alone are my strength, my shield, you alone does my spirit heal. oh you alone are my heart, desire and I long to you alone for you alone are my strength my shield to you alone does my spirit oh you alone are my heart desire and I love to worship you. And if our deacons would come forward at this time, and we'll take up our morning offering just before our pastor comes out. And we just want to continue in that mode of worship. And I believe the Holy Spirit is pleased man, with, the, with your worship. Amen. Brother Johnny, if you'd lead us in prayer, sir. This morning, Hallelujah! Let's sing that little song as our pastor makes his way. Fill my cup. Fill my cup. Just the key of singing? Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. So, Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, fill it up and FT.
1: sounded so nice. Uh the singing this morning had to come out and and uh rejoice with you and worship with you. Uh let's go to prayer this morning and uh I wanted to pass along to you that brother Tim Ashong will be along uh be back around on Wednesday night. He was going to be here today but he got asked to minister in another place and uh he's going to be with us um, on Wednesday. And he wanted to greet the people because he's going to be going back, one more stop, and then going back to Ghana. And he's going back to Ghana cancer-free. Amen. He's done all the scans. He's done multiple checks here since he's been back this time. And he's so happy and so excited and thanking God for what he's done for him and going back cancer-free. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to gather in your name, Lord, with your people. Father, we know that you are a a God who is still able to meet every need that we have, Lord. You're sovereign, Lord. You move in ways that we don't always understand. We believe, Lord, that your ways are higher than our ways. They're better than our ways. And Lord, you always see the end from the beginning. We thank you, Lord, for those that are here today that have not been well and are with us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your healing virtue. May it continue to flow, Lord, and minister to those who are in need today, those who are listening. And Father God, we pray you'd bind up their wounds and bring them back in the assembly. Lord, we're not going to let them go. They are a part of us. And we reach out in prayer today and believe, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your healing power has not abated. It's not gone away. Lord, we believe you're still a deliverer, a healer, a savior today, just the same as you always were. And so, Lord, we trust you today. We want to say that we love you and appreciate you. We thank you for bringing us through a whole year again. And Lord, we're standing on the edge of another new year, and we just want to be more focused, more dedicated, and more sincere as we approach the time ahead of us. Lord, I just thank you for your mercies, and may you forgive us of every, anything that's contrary, any, anything, Lord, that we have done, any, even thoughts and, Lord, words we've said, Lord, anything that may cause the Holy Spirit to draw back. Forgive us of that, Lord. And may, Father, you just be very present today in this service. Lord, I have some thoughts, I have things that I believe you've laid on my heart, but what you say is far more effective than what I would say. And so, Lord, I just want to get out of the way now and let you speak, and we'll give you the glory and praise in Jesus' lovely name. Amen and amen. Shake somebody's hand nearby and say, God bless your pilgrim. Welcome to God's house. And you may be seated this morning. Wonderful. We are honored to have all of you here today, and uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming, taking time uh, to sojourn with us today. That's fine, musicians, we'll let you take your place there, and uh, appreciate that very much. I uh, wanted to mention the Harwells are not here, well, not all of the Harwells are here today, and uh, they're, uh, some of them are traveling, some, at least one of them are here, and uh, we're thankful for that so uh let's go if you will and uh let's do um, let's do number two here and I got a couple of announcements here that I want you to uh pay attention to now I'm not really sure why um this is incorrect uh lucas if you uh, if you wouldn't mind on my desk is a on my laptop on my desk is a current version. Uh, this is not a current version here, so I apologize for that. And it's showing that we need to repair it. So in every house, there should be one son at least or daughter who knows how to repair what you're going to preach. <laughs> He's on his way. <clears throat> That gives me time to say this, Hunter, you done done it. (laughs) Congratulations, Hunter and Caroline, engaged. God bless you both. We appreciate that. That was a real blessing to see it. And you did it in style. You did it, you probably go to the top of the list for this year for uh, engagements in the right place, right time. And uh, that was special over in New York City, and uh, we, uh, we are happy for you both, and uh, trust that the Lord will guide your footsteps now. I can guarantee you, life will never be the same, that's for sure. But uh, whoso I spoke uh, on the, in the retreat this year, whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And uh, it's a blessing of the Lord, so we appreciate that very much. I um, just wanted to say uh, that you know we've come to the end of 2023, and it's been quite a year in many different ways. It's been quite a year, and we've had lots of good. We've had some challenges along the way, but uh, we're here. We're at the end of uh, 2023, and we thank God for His grace and mercy in getting us here and uh, having you all still with us and uh, uh, pressing on. But uh, we have 2024 ahead of us, and so I want to talk a little bit about that today uh, as we uh, move forward here, and I want to discuss a little bit about uh, something I found Brother Branham said uh, about about what we should be looking for in our own hearts and what uh, he recommended uh, for us in our lives, and so we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to, Lord willing, we want to have kids' days again this year, and uh, we're going to be having some initial... Uh, gatherings, meetings uh, about that, so uh, that's been a popular thing. We've left off for a couple of years, and we want to uh, res- restore that back again uh, this year, and uh, lots of other different things, that, exciting things that uh, the Lord's dealing with me about, and uh, some changes that we want to make, good changes, and uh, so we just trust you'll uh, have an expectation about the coming year. Now, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if I could get Haven to come up here. Haven, would you come up here for a second? you think she would? I don't. Would you... Is she going to do that? She's a, she's a buddy of mine. Come on up here, Haven. Good morning. You look nice this morning. Come on up here on the step, okay, so you can, you can follow me. Go up one more step. <laughs> Are you glad to be in church today? Come on over here next to me. I'm not, I'm not dangerous. Are you glad to be in church today? I have one question for you. Do you want to have a brother or a sister? Brother. A brother. She wants to have a brother. Well, congratulations. We'll pray that you get the right one. Okay? But you brothers are good, aren't they? I've got two brothers and I think they're good, but I have a sister too and she's good too. Are you excited? Good. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. <clears throat> after a number of years, Ethan and Anna are expecting, and and uh, we're excited for them. And uh, they've had lots of consultations about uh, having this child after uh, after Win and Win uh, who passed away. And uh, we're uh, excited for them. And so you just keep them in prayer. And uh, just trust that the Lord will uh, bless that for sure. All right. See, you have to have a son who know or a daughter in your house who knows what's what's happening. Now, let me go back. December twenty fourth was the Knobloch's anniversary. They're not here today. And uh, Hope Pritchard, right? Hope, how old are you? Hope, were you on your birthday? Six years old. December twenty sixth is Emma McCafferty's birthday, right? Is Emma here? Emma, how old were you on your birthday? Seven? Ten? Wow. Ten years old. December 27th was John Harwell's birthday. December 28th was Jeff Jackson's birthday, right? Right? And God bless Brother Jeff. We appreciate him very much. December 29th, Sister Nadia's birthday, right? We didn't want you to miss that, Sister Nadia. And uh, God bless you. We appreciate the Britons very much. Love having them here. And uh, then January sixth is mike pritchard 's uh, birthday as well. We love brother Mike, and uh, may God bless you all well, uh, just back flew in yesterday evening, uh, winter youth retreat. this is the HBT. this is the h bites and uh, we this is at the banquet uh, that we had at the end of the banquet there, and uh, had a wonderful time and This is our group minus sister Becky she wasn 't able to be. Uh, with us in the retreat there and we certainly miss her been 31 years so this was the 31st year we did uh, the retreat and it was a wonderful time we had uh, just really nice uh, really nice group of kids uh, all across the board and about 170 kids or so there and uh, had had really uh, great ministry and Uh, the worship, and and, I mean, it was just really a a refreshing time for sure. I was a little late going up there. Uh, I was with Henry the morning that he had his surgery. I drove down, was with him early in the morning, and uh, then got on the plane and flew uh, up there. So I was was a little bit late, but um, it was a a wonderful time. Now, if they tell you stories about what happened up there, don't believe any of it, but uh, it was a really, really good retreat this year. So Brother Aaron uh, went and represented us. Uh, in Ghana. And uh, he was over for the wedding of Brother Caleb Homiver and uh, his new wife. And when he was there, we uh, supplied him with $4,000 worth of uh, funds for new Bibles. And, and he went out in the villages. He borrowed a pickup truck and went off in the country in the bush and found uh, he was uh, with one of the brothers there and was led to uh, go to some different churches and uh, gave out uh, all that he had there—prints and books, and, and mostly Bibles—and gave them to the brothers there. They were really excited and uh, really happy for that. So uh, we appreciated Brother Aaron. He'll be back, I, I guess, in a day or two. Uh, I'm not really sure when he's, what his return is. But this is Brother Caleb on the right, and uh, was married now in Ghana. They have uh, two ceremonies. It was a real, the pictures were fascinating, uh, and I didn't put them all up here. But uh, pretty fascinating, because they on the first day they have a traditional wedding, and it's done in Ghana tradition, right, sister Florence is that how they they do it and it was very, I mean very colorful and uh it was it was amazing, and then the next day they have a more traditional wedding, isn't that right and uh and um uh, like like this, and uh it all uh went off well, so we're Appreciative Brother Caleb. Now, we're going to have a couple's weekend in February, and he's promising that he's going to bring his bride over for, uh, for the February meeting, so we're looking forward to that. Let's have you stand to our feet this morning, and, and let's take a reading from the Scripture. <clears throat> Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, and I don't have it all on the screen here, so I'd like you to turn, uh, if you have your Bible. And uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Now the little theme here in, in Proverbs chapter 3, and it's kind of a preamble for the rest of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1, 2, 3, and 4. It's a bit of a preamble for what's coming in the book of Proverbs. It's written by Solomon. And this is uh, really an expression of putting your trust in, trust in God. It's about trust and respecting God enough to put Him first. And he says in uh, Proverbs 3 and verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord, and this is the verse I wanted to get to, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now you may think this would be a sermon on tithing, but this is not tithing. Verse 9 again. Honor the Lord with, the, with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. May the Lord add his blessing. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I want you to... Uh, uh, draw back a little bit in your thinking about this, this subject of harvest, because um, normally when we think of harvest, this is, the Im- this is the image we immediately get in our minds, right? We're talking about the wheat harvest, and we live in the wheat age, and we've, we've covered six services that deal with that principle, and the, the, the example that nature gives us is a very powerful and graphic example, that the seed you begin with is the seed you're looking for at the end. It's just multiplied, right? But there's no difference. If it's a true, a genuine seed that's planted in the beginning, uh, the scripture says from the very beginning, the first couple of chapters, chapters in Genesis, uh, that every seed brings forth of its kind. So God does everything by seed. He reproduces by seed. And he put a seed in you and then and, and seeds in nature are designed to uh, to uh, multiply to propagate and uh, produce more of themselves and and that 's how if you leave if you left nature alone that 's how it would be, and it would be forever because that 's what seeds do so we think of uh, of of harvest like this we we get this image in our mind of a of a wheat field, but i want to uh, I want to change your focus a little bit now on this, and we're going we're to switch a little bit uh, in what we understand about harvest, and we're going to go to uh, what i would refer to a harvest of souls. And let's just, let's just realize that God is not interested in getting a barn full of grain at the end of the ages. He's not interested in making real good bread, right? Because God could uh, produce bread... No problem without us, and he doesn't have to wait two thousand years. But you know what he's really waiting for is the harvest of the earth. He's waiting for you. And so, therefore, we. I want you to uh, think about this and and uh, you know broaden your perspective a little bit. That and I, I'm sorry, I couldn't find a better field of people than this picture here. Uh, but um, the, <laughs> I, I hope you get the the idea. I hope you get the thrust. But you gotta you gotta understand that. You're the wheat left standing in this last day, right? Yes. You're, when God looks at the earth in the harvest time, he sees you. Yes. So then the question then, then this, this, is, this is the question that's been on my heart, and I'm sorry uh, for uh, kind of um, expounding on this maybe a, a, a lot here, but the, the, the question is then, am I, am I ready to go? Am I ready to be harvested? Am I am I at the place of maturity that the husbandman would look at me and say, "All right, we're good to go. Let's start taking them in." And and that's the thing that I, uh, I I've just been it's been rolling over in my mind, my heart over the last little while, and I began to think about that. And I, I instead of looking at all right, the the world is this way, and uh, you know the the Catholic Church is doing this, and the denominations are doing that. And, and that's, that's true on the bigger scale. But I want to bring it right down to the scale that's about this big and this high. And the way that God, the husbandman, looks right here. Because we know he looks at the heart first, doesn't he? So when God looks at me, he's not looking at the church. He's not looking at uh, vision books. He's not looking at uh, missionary work. He's, not, he's looking at right here. He's looking at my heart. Because you can do lots of good things and still not have a good heart, Right? and uh, God is looking to see whether I'm ready to be taken into the kingdom. And I will guarantee you that sometimes your assessment of yourself is very different than his assessment of yourself. I would rather take his assessment, and I'd rather take his assessment even if his assessment is always not so good, because uh, if I'm meant to be there, uh, he's, he's got ways of getting me there, but it will probably involve me changing a little. It'll probably be involved with me uh, repenting of some things and getting some things out. Uh, and I'll guarantee you that all of us have habits and routines and patterns in our life. And some of them we are very normal because we practice them all the time. And we, uh, we, we just are slaves of habit and slaves of, of routine. Uh, there was, for a long season, there was a, a restaurant that we would go to on Sundays here in Hickory. And uh, when we would go in, we'd just sit down. And the waiter that we knew, he'd He'd see us, and he'd ask, Can I, is it all right if I serve the coffees over here and whoever they bring? And uh, he'd come over, and he'd already have our uh, food and everything else. He, he, he knew what we were, we were going to order. And uh, it was kind of nice, but uh, lots of people have said the same thing. You guys are slaves of, of habit, you know, slaves of, of routine. And even the people in the restaurant knew that. And so all of us have patterns in our life. All of us have ways of doing things, ways of thinking. And I'm, I'm telling you this morning that uh, not only are we called upon to think about that, but the Lord is looking at that as well. And I think because we're so close to this gathering into his kingdom, and I really believe we are close, I think that God is going to uh, upend some of our habits and routines, and even the ones that we hold sacred and dear. I believe he's He's able to bring circumstances that change things in our lives, and he does it all because he loves you, and he wants to bring you in with the right things and without the wrong things. Is that okay? So we switch now from a global view of the field of wheat down to this whole perspective of me looking in the mirror, and me looking in the in the mirror of God's word, and and asking myself and examining myself. And that's the word that kind of hung in my thinking this this week was that word examine. So just let me uh, dwell on this for a moment here, just so you get the point real clear. Questions and answers on the seals. Brother Bramman said now, listen to what I say. Listen to what I say here. He said, examine yourself with the word and see where you're at. Examine yourself with the word and see where you're at. And you women that's got short hair, let her grow. If you're wearing shorts, take them off, act like a lady. If you men are still smoking cigarettes and running to pool halls, stop it. I don't care how much you profess. Now stop for a minute, and this is probably not so much of an issue today, but there are other issues though, right? And, and they can be found on your phone, or they can be found on the end of the, the cable that runs into your house, Right? And, and so in other words, and, and these, are, these are things that people get into. You know, I, I, on Sunday I, I'll wear a certain thing, but through the week I'll wear this. And, uh, you know, somebody smoking cigarettes or going to pool hall or something else. Not so much of a, a, a big issue today, at least I, <laughs> I kind of hope it's not. But there are other things that, that we get into and feel like, well, we can justify this, you know, and it's all right. I can trim my hair and it's all right. Because I've always done it. Never felt condemned about it. That only means you haven't felt condemned about it. You ought to pray that God stirs up your conscience. Because we can look in the Bible and see that some things that are real clear. I mean, a good concordance answers lots of questions, Right? And if you're still holding to that organization and saying, well, this is it. You know what? I'm a part of this. Dad was a part of this. Mom and dad were a part of it. Grandma and grandpa were a part of this. And it's all right. Now, I, I've been a member of HCBT since the very beginning here. And, uh, you know, I'm secure. You better stop. That's what he says. You better stop. Look back down and examine it with the word. Because God has no grandchildren, Right? So this is what he means when he talks about examine here. And I, I'm not wanting to make you feel bad. I'm just wanting to make you think a little bit differently than how we've been thinking here over the last little while in this series. And we ought to live above the short here and all this age. We ought to live above this age. We ought to live above everything that this age throws at us. In other words, in other words if it's all right if I say this, we ought to live above the grip of social media. Yes, social media exists. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I have a love-hate relationship with all of it. Because, uh, I mean, I can do a lot of business. I can do a lot of mission work. I can do a lot of stuff on my phone. I really can. And I can communicate with all of you. Real fast, I can communicate with you. And, uh, you know, we, we have ways of reaching out. We have ways of knowing what, what's happening. And if somebody's hurting or something's going on, we, I mean, it's a very, very useful tool. But it can be also a very, very useless tool. I just don't want to have it control me. I don't want to scroll. I don't want to be scrolled to death. I want to control it. And that's what he's saying. We should live above the age. If, if in the age... Uh, you know, people are, uh, we live in a selfie age, right? It's all about self. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this, that like we were talking about this at the, at the retreat, that a lot of people today will leave their jobs not because they're underpaid and, and not because they're not getting promoted. They'll leave a job very often because of the vibe that they feel. I don't feel comfortable here anymore. I don't feel like I'm uh, being treated right here anymore. And they'll move on because of the vibe. Because we're very concerned about our vibe. In the old days, people worked because they needed to work, and they needed an income, and they had to feed their families, right? Didn't have all these other options, you know, that, that we could explore. But today, if, hey, if I don't feel good at this particular job, I'm going. And, and we live in a really funny economy, and, and uh, you know, the mindset of a lot of people, I'm not talking about you now, but a, a mindset of a lot of people is very different in our time. There's a lot of people who feel like religion is just, a, I mean, it's, it's a nice thing to have around, and I'll use it when I want to. And there's a lot of millennial people that have very different, uh, I'm not picking on millennials, but I am. But there's a, there's a lot of them that have different ideas about religion than what we do as believers. And you're surrounded by that. There's a, there's a lot of different opinions about genders, all kinds of things that you face at work and uh, things that you encounter there. And that's the age that we live in. And Brother Brand, I'm simply saying this, we need to learn to live above it. So in other words, that's not going to change my thinking. I don't want it to change my thinking. And some of you people that are in people professions, I, Brother Jonathan over here is a, as a physician, and, uh, you know, some of you teachers and, and so challenging positions to have to work with uh, people directly in this time. And the things that Sister Crystal and, uh, you know, different ones that are involved directly with people, uh, I, I, it's a challenging thing. I, I, and especially if people who are like in management and having to deal with all kinds of things. And now, what, what, what was not acceptable or not fair back then, now, now it's called fair and you had to respect this and, and you have to uh, you can't say anything about this and you can't correct me for that and all kinds of things going on and if you're not careful if you're not careful and, and this is what brother ram's caution is you can be affected or influenced by this world that we live in and he's saying you need to strive to live above that that's all i'm saying and he says, now we're back into something now that God's revealing the hidden mysteries that's been put on the book before the foundation of the world. In other words, there's a new phase of understanding. There's a new phase of all these things now that are opening up. And those who have obeyed in, watch, those who have obeyed in the small things will catch it in these other things. And if they haven't, it'll go right over the top of their head as far as east is from the west. But you know what happens when something goes over the top of your head? You don't know what you missed. Right? You don't know what you've missed if it's, gone over, if, if it's gone past you. You don't know. But he says the way, to, the way to catch what God's giving out is to make sure you obey in the small things. You know what you should be praying? You should be praying that I preach on the small things and the big things and the, and the middle things and all things. Because if, if you learn and, and you teach your children, you young people that are here, you start catching the small things. Small things like whether, I, whether my haircut is acceptable and whether I'm missing church because of sports or whether uh, I'm going to a movie theater or whatever else. And I consider those to be small things, but they are things. Right? They are important things. And what he's saying here is that if we can catch the small things and apply them in our lives and get into a routine or a way of life of living according to the word, because it is the word, you know what? You're, you're in line to catch bigger things. And do, you're not doing it to please me. You're not doing it to make me happy. But you're doing it so that you open up a channel where God can deposit greater things in your life than what you could even imagine. Because if not, you're sitting here thinking, well, it's just a bunch of rules and regulations and everything's going right past you like water off a duck's back. And the reason that happens is because you've, you're, you're dismissing and trivializing those little things. You so say, we don't have to do that. Let me tell you something. This is how I feel about it. If the Word says it, you've got to do it. If the Word says, you, the word says it, you ought to have it in your heart to want to do it. We are talking about, you know, relationships with young people and so forth, and, you know, respecting the boundaries that God's placed in his word. And we have no right, we have no jurisdiction to move the ancient landmarks. That's what the Bible tells us. So you can't take, listen, uh, the word love has been redefined in our world a thousand times over. Hallmark's got to define one way, right? It's got to it's begin and end in at least, at least 90 minutes. And everything, everything's a problem, has got to be sorted out, but they're in love and you know, bang, you know, this, 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 and happens here. And that's, that's sort of a decent way even of, of portraying it. But in our world, love is very uniquely defined, not according to the Bible anymore, right? And you got to be careful to live above that and not let the world influence your thinking. All right, so the Bible says the same thing. For though he was crucified through weakness, and this is to the Corinthians, and Paul emphasized this approach and this concept to them because they needed to do this. they were very physical, uh, very uh, natural-minded people. And uh, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lived lived by the power of God. Uh, For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves, therefore. You need, you need to examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. What a way to start a new year. If you want a New Year's resolution, resolution, I'll give you a better one here in a minute. But if you want a resolution, there's a real good one in verse 5. Examine yourselves. You ought to say, Lord, help me examine myself, not so that I justify everything I'm doing, but Lord, let me look at things fresh. Let me look at things in a way that I'm willing to, I'm willing to lay down anything that's not pleasing to you. But Lord, I want you to illuminate that to me. I want you to show that to me. And I want you to, uh, you know, make it clear in my life that that's something that's not pleasing. Because at the end of the day, I want to live pleasing to you. Because you know what? We're going home. And this is the end of things. And so therefore, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, and prove your own selves. You don't need to prove another person. Prove your own selves. And know ye not, your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Because there's no middle ground with this, right? You're either in or out. And so therefore, he's, he's telling the people, and these are the people of the first age, and if they're, they're being admonished to examine themselves back then, my goodness, how we, people who are on the cusp of a reality shift, we're on the, we got our toes wrapped around the, the last step, and here we are stepping into eternity and uh, into a new body that God's got prepared for us. How much more should we examine ourselves and make sure that our habits That are good are maintained and our habits that are not good are discarded you might have a flippant attitude about going to church you might have an attitude that says well you know what i'll go i'll go as long as everything works out somebody once told me they said i'll believe i'll believe as long as it agrees with what i believe i thought wow Good luck with that. <laughs> if you've got a flippant attitude about going to church, well, you know, it doesn't matter, or we got company or something else. Hey, if you've got company that are unbelievers, church would be a good place for them. If you've got company that are believers, well, there should be no argument. Right? right maybe I shouldn't have said that. In leadership, Brother Bram said, now, just And he says this over and over again, and I'm not going to belabor it all morning here, but just examine yourself by the word, by the message. Aha! So not only are we holding the Bible up on one side, but we're holding the message up on the other side. Now just examine yourself by the word, by the message. Examine what a real Christian should be. Guess when this is? This is the last full sermon of his life. So this is, to me, this is significant, what he says in leadership, because it's God's last chance to use William Branham to speak to you directly, outside of a communion service, where he gives comments. But in this sermon here, it's the last example. So, And I, 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 there's a lot of really great things in here. And he says, you've got to be under leadership. You've got to be under leadership. And that's what the whole sermon's about. But he says, now you need to examine yourself by the word. Also look at where it is. It's paragraph 313. In other words, in conclusion, at the end of everything else I've said, here we are fading out of this now. And this this is God's farewell comment to you through William Branham. God didn't stop speaking when Brother Branham passed away, but this is God's last comment. Through him, he says, examine yourself by the word, by the message. Examine what a real Christian should be, rugged, loving, not one, of these, not one of this modern Christianity. You know what rugged is? Is that you can take a cat and you can rub it the wrong way, right? And that cat will react. That cat will bite your head off, right? Or it'll scratch you. And when cats scratch you, you know it, don't you? I mean, you know it when cats will scratch you. And some people, you rub the wrong way, and you know what? You'll get scratched. And they'll say, I'm going. I'm leaving. And they're gone. And they'll, they'll tell everybody else, oh, yes, love, love that church. Love HPT. But um, we felt led to go to another one. And sometimes that's true, and I'm not against that. I think that everybody should be led by the Spirit of God. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. But when you're... <laughs> When somebody corrects you by the word, whether it's me or any other minister or any other preaching, we're corrected by the word, um, it tells a little bit about that person when they're up and out of there because they just got preached on. Now, if a pastor's picking on somebody, it's a little different story, right? I've got to go through all the exceptions here. But what about if it's true? I pray that God would give us a ruggedness. But you know what? I can take that because I know it's true. God, give us that. I, I pray that God would give us the ruggedness to be able to stand, make our stand, stand solid, and not get our back up, and not go tell everybody, yeah, you don't, you don't notice about Brother Barry and his church, you know. And I, 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 I'll tell you what, I appreciate your ruggedness. I do. And, and, you know, coming at the end of a year, I appreciate your ruggedness in, in staying the course and standing, standing solid and standing firm. I appreciate that. Some of you have been here many years, and I, I appreciate that. And it's not just, you know, a, a quality, of, quality of ruggedness in staying here in this assembly, but the, the quality of ruggedness as staying with the word, staying under, under the hand of the Holy Spirit and all the changes and corrections that he's made in your life and all the adjustments and all the reproving and all the uh, repenting and everything else that you've done over the years. And he's saying, he, he said, "Why it's soft and flexible and half dead, rotten, interbred? This modern Christianity—it's not real Christianity—and that's why you know churches have changed, denominational churches and charismatic churches have changed to uh, soften, soften the effect of the word to the people, right? I mean, if you if if you understand holiness in the Scripture, it has to do with what we wear, right? But if you want the people to keep coming, especially the people who have money." You've got to soften the effect of that. And you probably say something like, you know what? It doesn't matter what you wear on the outside. It's, it's, it's what's on the inside that really counts. And you hear that all the time in denominational churches. You say, how do you know that? That's a good question. Not that I go to denominational churches all the time. But, you know, you hear, hear different things that people will tell you. And, you know, uh, people will say, well, it doesn't matter what's on the outside because your outside doesn't matter. It's going to die. It's what's on the inside. Well, that's true. What's on the inside matters. But we believe according to the word and the message, and that's how we're supposed to examine ourselves, that if your insides changed, it's going to percolate out to the outside. And that's going to change also, right? As you're supposed to bring that inner man, you know, the inner man subject to the word, and that brings the outer man subject to the word. Paul says, I get under my body. Bringing bring it into subjections. is that what he said? So he said, it's, it, that's not real Christianity, live any kind of way and belong to church. Don't you want that sweet fellowship? With... That's not real Christianity, just to c- belong to the church. I said, that's not real Christianity, just belong to the church. I'm only saying what he said, and this is the last message from Brother Branham to us. Christianity is not just belonging to this church. Here, he, here's how he defines it. Don't you want that sweet fellowship with Christ? the Holy Spirit, the conformity of your own heart to the Word and move up into Christ? I'll tell you what, that's belonging to the, uh, to the church. That's belonging to the, to the bride. When you see a people who are in love with Christ, they're walking with Christ every day. And whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit decides to reveal, they're, they're, Lord, show that to me. Help me to live that. And they're, they're walking higher. They're walking in a closer way with God all the time. It's not just belonging to the church and being a member of the church and paying your tithes. And if you pay your tithes, thank you. Because it helps us support ministries and missionaries and all the other work that we do. And it helps me to be able to, uh, you know, remain full time in in servicing you and ministering to you and all of that. And we thank God for that. But I'll tell you what, to me, paying tithes ought to be a response to what's going on on the inside of your heart. Not because everybody else is doing it. Right? Right? So we live and we act on God's word because uh, we're in a communion with Christ. We're in a harmony with Christ. It's not just because we're a part of the church. And I think, I think it's easy, that's, that's kind of an easy mindset to fall into that, oh, I'm a member of the bride because, uh, you know, I, I don't miss church. Well, our family's a part of church. Yes, we believe, the, we believe the message of the hour. There's a lot of people who believe the message of the hour who are not bride. There's a lot of people who know that this message is right. <clears throat> I'll guarantee you something, saints of God. I pray that God would loose the, uh, the dynamic power that is in his word and in this message and cause us to live it in a greater way, in a closer way with him. I, I, I pray that way. Can I go a little further? <clears throat> now, here's the same word <clears throat> here of examination. And um, it, 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 in 1 Corinthians, Paul has says, there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer to you, you to be tempted above all that you are able. But will but the temptation also make a way of escape? That you may be able to bear it. And with everything that happens to you, and and, and sometimes we often we sometimes we feel like this is overwhelming. It's too much. But he's telling us that there's no temptation that comes your way, there's no testing or examination of you. There's no trying of you that God has not made an egress out of. There is a way out of that. And, and that's what that word escape means it's an egress. if you have a piece of land and you don't have a road going in and out of it, it's virtually worthless because it, I mean you have to have a way out and this is what God is saying that i've given I've given you uh, uh you know a, a a place to live I've given you a a life in this earth and any temptation that comes your way, there is a way out of that. But sometimes you've got to wait on God for that way out. But there is a way out because God would be frustrating his own purpose if he left us in a place just to squander and die. And so there is a way out. And so we have to watch and we have to learn to wait on that. But that's the same word right here. Romans twelve two: be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, there it is again, that you may examine. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And, and, and this idea is contrary to the world we live in. We're supposed to live above that. So we're not to be conformed to that. But we're supposed to be transformed that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Is this making a little sense here now? Let me give you an example in the Bible. And if you don't mind, take your Bible go back to the book of Ezra in the Old Testament here. The book of Ezra. Back before Psalms. Back before Nehemiah. Back before Job, back in the book of Ezra, sorry, Ezra, not Ezariah. Just making sure you're on your toes. Now, watch what he says in chapter 9. We're going to go to chapter 9 first, and I want you to look here. This is the end of the story of Ezra. They're back in the city. There's restoration being done. In a sense, they fulfilled their commission. Now, 9 and 1, Now when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands. So some of the elders, some of the princes came to me and said, Ezra, you need to know the people of Israel and the priests and, and, the, priests and the Levites, the ministers even, Have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, and the Egyptians and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons. Now there's pretty strict guidelines for Levites and the ministers as to who they can marry. And he says, right among, right among, this group that's brought back, they're the people out of the exile, and they've come back into the land, and they find these attractive women here that are from the Moabites and the Egyptians and so forth. Watch now. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves, verse 2, and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of these lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers have been chief. Wow, the hand of the princes and rulers hath been chief in the trespass. Houston, we have a problem. Because the people who are supposed to be leading and the people who are supposed to be an example have married out in the world. And that is clearly contrary to the law that Moses gave us. And we're back here, listen, we're back here on a mission of restoration. Back to the way things should be, right? That's what we're back to. But as is in most cases here, the restoration is not confined just to stones and bricks. What good is it to have the stones and bricks all back in place and the people out there languishing in a place of of disobedience? My goodness. This is about more than just... This is about more than just bricks and doors and and hewing of wood. This is about restoration, it's about everybody coming back in line to God's way. Where were we? Now look at where we are. Are you getting the point? So now Ezra's got a problem. Let's go to chapter 10. And when Ezra had prayed, and Ezra prays. Let me tell you, you read 9 and 10 for yourself, you'll find out that Ezra immediately went to God. He fasted, he prayed, sackcloth and ashes, everything else. And he prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God. So he's outside in the parking lot, prostrate. He's laying on the dust here. Ashamed to even go into the house of God. And he's out there laying down on on the parking lot. And he said, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children. For the people wept very sore. They're not there for revival in the classic sense. They're there because they realize the wrath of God could easily be poured out upon us. After all the good work we've done, the wrath of God, uh, we're vulnerable to it. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said unto Ezariah, We have trespassed against our God and have taken strange wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them, our wives and our children, according to the counsel of my Lord and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Now, here is this man, a chief leader, going to Ezra in the parking lot. He's prostrate, praying, but everybody else, he's crying out to God, and he comes and says, hey, Ezra, we've been wrong. And this involves our wives. This involves our children. Children that are the fruit of this relationship. But you know what? The word is clear, and we have, we have violated the word of God. Let us, let us he said, we're going to do this according to the word. Now, that's what you call a good examination And a good outcome of examination. Are you with me? You follow me here. I know it's warm. I know it's warm. Verse 4 Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. This is what he's telling Ezra now. He's still speaking to Ezra. We also will be with thee. Be of good courage and do it. Now, in the Hebrew, that means, Ezra, be strong and be clear. And give us give us the word of the Lord because we want to be right. We want to be right even, even to, the, to the extent that we're willing to give up our wives that we've married here and the children of that, of that union. We're willing to do it. But Ezra, we don't want you to be half-hearted about it. We don't want you to be passive about it. We want you to preach the word and, and make it clear and be strong. That's what they asked Ezra to do. I got a question for you. How do you want me to do it? And I'll leave that with you. Let's go down to verse 15. Verse 15. Only Jonathan, the son of Ashael, Jonathan, the son of Ashiel and Jehaez, the son of Tikva, were employed about this matter, and Meshullam and Sheba and the Levites helped them, and the children of the captivity did so. And Ezra, the priest, with certain chief of the fathers after the house of their fathers, and all of them uh, by their names were separated and sat down in the first day of the tenth month to examine the matter. They actually sat down and examined this, and they said, hey, the word says one thing, you guys have done another thing, we need to sit down and look at this according to the word. They're going to examine the matter. Just in the same way Paul says, examine yourselves, this is exactly what they're doing. Verse 17, and they made an end with all the men that had taken strange wives by the first day of the first month. By the way, you notice on the bottom of my screen here, the date of this was December 29th. They know historically this is the date that it happened, so they're at the end of this year, and they made an end with all the men that had taken strange wives by the first day of the first month. And among the sons of the priests which were found that had taken strange wives, and they're listed here, for 19, and they gave their hands that they would put away their wives, and being guilty, they offered a ram of the flock of their trespass. And the names of those men were listed all the way down to verse 44. All right, now how far do you want to go with this examination business? I, that, that's, my, that's my question to you this morning. How far do you want to go? Do you, want me to, do you want me to preach it strongly, do you want me to preach it passively? Do you want me to kind of beat around the bush about it, or do you want me to wade in? And I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, wade in make everybody uncomfortable, that's not the idea. But you know what? I believe that we should be rugged enough to have the word preached to us without any compromise. I mean, if it says it, it says it. If, it, if you need to be baptized, you need to be converted, you need to be converted. And you need to be baptized. You can't go along and assume Well, I'm a part of a family that believes the message and my dad's this or that or we've been members for a long time. You you all need to personally reckon with this yourselves and realize, am I I born again and filled with the Holy Spirit or am I not? And if I'm not, uh, Brother Barry, tell me clearly, where do we start? And then we go on from there, we begin to build. And, we begin, and, and if in our family we have habits or we have ways of thinking or we have uh, you know, things that kind of we've held on to there and uh, we've kind of learned to deflect the check. We deflected the check of the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> I pray that God would make that check a little stronger. And I'll tell you how that comes. That comes by hearing the Word of God because your faith in God's Word increases and then you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And Brother Bram said, now this world must soon come to an end, and I believe the Holy Spirit is gleaning in the fields and finding this one and that one, finding people. And for the hour is far spent, and the gospel has been preached to every nation. So here he is, and again, in 1965, and he's telling us that we've come to the end. And it's 1965. <laughs> so we, we're, at a place where, we're at a place where we need to be thinking, okay, uh, because we're coming on a 60-year anniversary here, uh, of this of this statement here where he said we're already we're, we're soon must come to an end and so I, all i'm doing is, is, is hoping that you, you'll think about this a little bit now let me let me go on a little bit here so he said we just sain until the last one is sained out and then jesus will come Hear ye him and how do we know who they are well you just throw the gospel net and and draw it so the elect will always be attracted by the word won't they they're not necessarily attracted by the programs we have here or the uh, quality of the pews. They're attracted by the Word of God, and that's the way it should be. So just keep throwing the net, throw the gospel out, because it'll really bless the people who are already in, and it'll catch the people who are not in. And that's the whole point, right? We can simplify it. So, <clears throat> therefore, we, we find ourselves then in a, uh, in a spot here where we come back to our text here, where uh, Solomon writes and says that we should honor the Lord with our firstfruits. fruits. Okay? Now, first fruits is a very interesting principle. And I, I'm, I'm not going to have time to do all of what we need to do about the first fruits here. But it, it's really interesting. And there's lots and lots of scripture about it. There's lots of guidelines that Moses actually gave to the people of Israel. Here's one of them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf, of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Now this is not a tithe. When they harvested their grain and sold their grain, then they would bring a tithe. Tithes happens all through the year. Tithing goes on, uh, set amount, ten percent, and it happens all through the year as you increase. Right, that's the tithing. But God was giving them a principle when He talked about this first fruit here, and He said that. When you come to the end of your harvest cycle, and everything has all now come to maturity, you take a handful of the, gripe, uh, of the grain that's ripe, and he says, you bring that as an offering, a sheaf of the first fruits, and bring it unto God. Bring it unto the priest. And he will wave that before the people. Now, listen, I just want to say this, that, that when the priests wave that uh, before the people... There is a uh, Hebrew word that is, that is used here, and it's uh, uh, bikirim. I didn't put it on the board here, but it literally means promise to come in the Hebrew. Promise to come. Bikirim, it means promise to come. So therefore, when the priest got that sheaf there and waved it before the people, it meant that there was a promise in that act that there's more coming. There's more in the field. By God's grace, this is an investment. And what we're doing is we're saying that God gets the first. We're giving God the first fruits of our field. And it's an increase, and God has blessed the harvest. But you know what? It's not just about this handful. There's more to come. And God would honor the, the outcome of the harvest depending on whether they offer this first fruits first. And, and God, would, God would bless them and the rest of their harvest, you know, the, the crop and, and, and everything they produce there, God would bless that if they offered him that first fruit. And that, was what, that was what the Levites were telling us, what Moses put in the law. You, you do this, he said, when you come into the land that I give you and you reap the harvest, take the first part of it and just give it to God. Give it back to God and say, God, we thank you that we've gotten here. We thank you that uh, we've been increased. And we're going to pay tithes on this as we sell it. But Lord, we want to give this as an additional offering. And, and, and don't misinterpret me here. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to exact more from you. But I'm, I am saying that when you practice this practice, God honors that because there's more to come. And I think in a natural way, it's true. So for instance, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> that when I sold my house, I lived in Ohio and sold my house and moved down south, um, The house we built was valued at this amount of money. And I sold it for this amount of money. And I paid an offering on the difference between what we paid and what was now harvested as a result of the increase. I did that because I I wanted to give that first fruits. I wanted to give that to God and say... Lord, the reason I have this blessing, the reason I have this is because of you. And so I want to give this to you. I want to offer this to you. And you know what it does? It opens up another channel where God can bless you. Because doesn't he say when you pay your tithes, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing? And here he's saying the same thing. That when you take the first fruits from your field and you wave it over the... Uh, the people there, he said, he shall wave the people uh, to be accepted for you. And on the morrow after the Sabbath, he shall wave it. And, and God was saying, you, you honor me and I'll honor you. So you're actually opening up another channel. And you're, you're, you're creating another way that God can bless you. And, and this is what he said in the first fruits. But now it, it isn't just related to money here now. In Exodus chapter 23, it says, The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. So, just like you'd bring your tithing to the house of God, the first of the first fruits of, of the land. So, and what they did with that, with that first fruits, it's really interesting. They would take the first of the first fruits and they would grind it and they made a meal. And when they took the meal, they would use it. And, and Brother Bram says that that meal ground up, that, that grain that's ground up, was a type of Christ. And when they would put that meal, you, you add that meal to something, whatever that meal was added to was blessed. Just like when you take Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, and you add it in. Brother Bam said, if you're in a, he, this is what he said about denominational churches. He said, if they would only take the meal, the meal offering, and put it in there, he said they'd have life because they'd have Christ. And the first of the first fruits was something that God made specific rules about. He made specific blessings as a result of that. And it means, the first fruit means, to, watch now, what's the definition? To take away the first fruits of the production of the earth, which was offered to God. And the first portion, you didn't need to do it again. You just did it for the first fruits. And the first portion of the dough, and that's the meal, that's the same word there, is the meal from which the sacred loaves were to be prepared. So in other words, they ground up that grain, made the dough or the meal, and then uh, turned it into bread and it became life for everybody. And he said, hence the term used, uh, uh, persons consecrated to God for all time. So it was the first portion, hence the term used for persons consecrated to God for all time. Who can think of a person consecrated to God as the firstborn? Samuel, you're right. So when Hannah had Samuel, what did she do? She took Samuel and and, uh, presented him to the Lord, right? And he became a priest for the Lord. This is that idea. This is that principle. And so God blessed Samuel and God blessed Hannah with other children, all the rest of it. And the second part of the definition is this. It's persons superior in excellence to others of the same class. Wow. So people who would fall into this category, like Samuel, they were highly favored of God. They were blessed of God. And they were special because they were offered as a, in a sense, offered as an offering to God. My goodness. Think, just for a minute, just think about this. Lord, if, if I if I take my life, if I take my life and offer it to you like first fruits, then you know what I can expect? I can expect the favor of God to be shown to me. Right? What better thing to do than to take your life and just give it to God? But isn't that what the Bible teaches? Paul said, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And this is what Paul is trying to encourage us to do, that, you know, when you, have the, when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you don't have it all, but you got a down payment, right? you got a token of the real thing, right? you got his life on the inside of you. Come on, folks, we're not, we're not 100% eternal yet because you're still living in this body. The picture's not complete, right? We're going to get on the other side, and we'll be complete. But you know what? i got enough in me to know that it'll get me to the other side. And when I get to the other side, the whole harvest is going to be over on the other side. My body, my spirit, everything over there, it won't be carnal anymore. It won't grow old anymore. It won't get viruses anymore. It'll be completely, 100%, eternally quality made by God. It's already made over there by God, and he's just waiting for you to step into it. But I got enough in me now to get me there, thank God. I got enough in me now that as that develops and matures, it'll get me over on the other side. Best thing I can do is consecrate my life to God, like a sheaf of the first fruits, and present myself to the priest, which is the Holy Spirit, and just say, "Lord, take my life, consecrate it, and let me be dedicated, sold out to you." Let me tell you, that brings the favor of God in your life. I'm only reading what the Bible says. Now, <clears throat> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump for a little bit here. James chapter one: of His own will begot us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits. Of his creatures. James 1 in the common Jewish Bible, having made his decision, God having made his decision, he gave birth to us through a word that can be relied on in order that we should be a kind of first fruits, and that means prized possession of all that he created. Do you understand that when you accept, when you're born by the, uh, by the, uh, by the incorruptible word of God, when you're born that way, you become highly prized. You're a prized possession of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody say amen. When you're born of God, you're a prized possession. You're the one that he's looking at. You're the one he's waiting for. You're the one that he desires to have in his kingdom. You become a prized possession of, of, of God himself. That's what he's looking for in the earth. He's looking for those that are born again. And he's given us through a word that can be relied upon. Hey, if he says you met the requirements and if he says you're born again, and if he says you're a child of God, come on, if he says your name's on the Lamb's book of life, you know what? That can be relied upon. My word may change. Your word about yourself may change. But if God gave us a word, it can be relied upon and he looks at you like a prized possession. You ought to be excited about that because you know what? It means there's more coming. It means there's more to this than just this earth. It means there's more to this than just my body. There's more to this than just this church. There's, there's a, an eternity that's waiting over there. How many believe there's more to come after after you after you die or you leave, your body is changed? How many believe there's more to come? You better believe there's more to come. There's a lot more to come over on the other side. <clears throat> Romans 8, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. We have the token. When Rahab had the token, she was okay. She made it through. Made it through the storms, right? Made it through the collapse of the wall. She made it through the destruction that was on its path towards her town. She made it through. And Paul says that not only they, but we ourselves, we had the first fruits of the Spirit, and we groan within ourselves because we're waiting for that which is going to complete the picture, we're waiting for that which is going to be on the other side, we're waiting for the whole thing to conclude, right? Now, I'm going to jump here because I want to, I want to just get to a, a a point here. Rising in the sun is where Brother Bram takes this principle of waving the, the sheaf of grain, Okay? And we'll look at this again, but I want to leave this with your thinking. I'm going to stop here, but I'm going to leave this in your thinking here. As Christ was the first one to raise, watch what he says. I know it's warm, uh, but let me tell you, good things are going to happen after church is over. But I do have something for you before you leave. All right? Here you go. As Christ was the first one to raise from all the prophets, so forth, Old Testament. How many believe he was the first one? And God raised them. He's alive from the dead. And you know what? The order of the resurrection was Christ came first, then all those Old Testament saints followed him. Because right. he went down and led captivity captive, right? He led, led them free, right? right? So it wasn't all the Old Testament saints that resurrected and they were all waiting for Jesus to come. No, he was resurrected first because he's the first fruits, and then the Old Testament saints, they all followed him in the resurrection. Are we okay with that? That's the order of the resurrection. Okay, watch. As Christ was the first one to raise from all the prophets and so forth, Old Testament, typed in many places, he was the firstfruits of those that slept. That's how it was in the Old Testament. Now he does a switch. He's talking about us. You ready? In the bride coming of Christ, coming out of the church, there'll have to be a sheaf waved in the last day. How many believe we're living in the last day? You see what he's doing? He's taking a spiritual part of this principle of the first fruits back here in the Old Testament. And it's not just a handful of grain that he's got. We're not talking about natural wheat here, right? But he said there will have to be a a sheaf waved again in the last day. Waving of the sheaf. He said, what was the sheaf? The first one to come to maturity. First one that proved it was a wheat. Proved it was a sheaf. Who's he talking about? What was the last comment? Himself. Himself. Yeah. himself. Brother Bram's talking about himself. Hallelujah. I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. Waved over the people. And the first time he says there will come forth for the bride age a resurrection out of dark denominationalism, will be a message that the full maturity of the word is turned back to its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. What a sentence! That's one sentence. That's a mouthful. Let's look at it again. I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. It was waved over the people. And the first time they'll come forth, in other words, the first one that's waved, he said, will come out of dark denominationalism would be a message that the full maturity of the word has been turned back again to its full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. I believe this was Brother Branham because Jesus wasn't waved over the people in the last day, right? And he's not going to come back here in a physical form to be waved like he was in the first resurrection back there. But you know what he's got? He's got a man that's come to a place of maturity And Christ is in him. Now, listen folks. If that seed fell into the ground in the early church back there and come through 2,000 years of growing, you know what we have? We have original seed back on display in the last day. And God took a man that, uh, you know, came to a place of maturity, came out of dark denominationalism, came out and proved that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever by the signs and wonders that he did and all the other things that, uh, that took place. And God is, God, I believe that God took that prophet and waved him over the bride and said, Hey, hey, there's more coming. The evidence of having one means there are more behind him. Now let me ask you, who am I talking about? Us! Us. In other words, here's a man who's come to maturity first and the Holy Spirit grabs him and waves him over the people here in birth pains and all other uh, all other places here. And uh, you know in the in the different experiences that Brother Branham had, you know with Danny Henry and so forth because I was chosen the, uh, the narrow road, the harder path, you know, great portion of heaven awaits you. And God's waving and saying, hey, listen, this is what I can do. I can take a son of God and bring him to the place where he believes that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And come through denial denominationalism and come through all of that darkness and stand in the last day and isolate himself, remove himself from all the systems of the earth when everybody else is being pulled into that. And here's a grain of wheat that's standing here that believes nothing but the word and he's waving it over the earth and saying, hey, Baptists, hey, Methodists, hey, Catholics, look, you, you said it's impossible. You said it can't be done. And I'm waving this one over you to prove to you it can be done. But remember now, remember the Hebrew word. It's bikarim, which means promise to come. So in other words, when the priest took the sheaf and waved it over the people, he was saying the first one is one that's consecrated to God, but there's a field full behind him. There's a field full of people that will catch this word and come out of denominationalism and come out of their carnality and they'll live above the world. They're the rest of the crop. That God knew would be there in the last day. Are you following me? Do you understand this? It's you seeing your place in scripture. It's you seeing your place in this program. It's you seeing your place in this whole uh, dynamic uh, you know, unfolding that God is doing in the last day. This message was not just about William Branham. There is a field full behind him. There's a crop full behind him. There's a bride wheat coming behind him. It's not just Brother Branham coming to maturity. And I thank God that he did because he proved to us that it's possible in the last day, in the darkest of ages, in the worst of Laodicea, God proved that I can take a son and stand him up and have him believe nothing but the word of God. But the, but the whole principle is that there's a field behind him. There's, another, there's a whole field that's coming to the same place. I'm not suggesting to you that we'll come to Brother Branham's ministry. Because God used that ministry specifically uh, to get the bride to a certain place. But I believe we'll come to that place of maturity that he talks about here. That the full maturity of the word. If you don't come to anything else, you may not come to a place of being debt free. Or you might not come where there's miracles uh, you know, popping off the end of your fingers or whatever else. You might never preach a sermon. But if you come to the full maturity of the word, that's what God intended to grow in you in the first place. If you come to the place of the full maturity of the Word of God and that becomes central in your life, it's it's the thing you are. It defines you. It is who you are. If you come to that place, let me tell you, everything else is second place. Everything else is second place. No matter how big your church is, no matter how small your church is, no matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have. All of that is inconsequential because everything else you're going to leave behind. But if you come to the full maturity of the word, God's looking at that and saying, that's what I got in the first fruits, and I know the rest of them will be right behind. The rest of them will be right behind him, and they'll come along in their time, in their season. I'm going to allow this thing to go on a little bit longer, and I'm going to bring that whole field of maturity. And whether you realize it or not, that's what's going on. Whether you realize it or not, that's what's happening. Some of you don't look excited, and I don't know why you're not excited. I'm excited. I'll tell you what, I, I, as, we, as we head into a new year, I say, Lord, bring me into another phase of maturity in the Word of God. Amen. Not immaturity in the Word of God. I don't want to jump up and run because somebody says something. And I, I, let me tell you, lots of people will say things. Lots of people will do things to hurt your feelings, and a lot of it is not inspired by God. And there's lots of criticism. As a matter of fact, the more you go on in ministry, and I don't want to get on this because it's going to sound like whining, but the more you go on in ministry, the more criticisms there are because we have more enemies than we ever had before. And it's just incredible within and without. I mean, it's just incredible. But I want to be rugged enough that I don't jump up and run because somebody says something. I want to hold my ground because I know what ground I'm standing on, I want to follow him because I know who I'm following. And I want to impress you and I want to encourage you to stand strong in the day that we're living in because we have rough times ahead of us. We've got big waves ahead of us. We have lots of things that we're going to be challenged to do and believe as we, as we go forward. But I'll tell you this, if, you, if we don't do anything else, we should encourage the bride to come to a place of full maturity in the Word because that's what's going to change you. That's what's going to transform you. That's what's going to get you into heaven. That's what's going to get you into a new body. Come on, somebody say amen. That's what's going to take us out of here, folks. It's not my charisma. It's not my personality. Uh, it's not my, uh, you know, my ability here. It, it's, not, it's not the building. It's not any of that. It is you coming to a place of maturity in the word. And you are to say, God, unleash it. Just allow it to happen. Let, let whatever circumstances that hold me to this world, let them snap off. Let me snap off those shackles. Let me identify that they are shackles and let me snap them off. And let me come to a fuller, mature place in the word of God. And Lord, I want to believe everything you've got for us in this hour. I want to believe to the place where my body can't even contain it anymore and I'm changed in a moment in the twinkling. Let's stand on our feet here. Let's have our musician slip up here. And that's, that's what he said. I'm sure you see what I'm talking about. He said it was waved over the people and the first time will come forth, he says, for the bride age. How many believe we're living in a bride age? Hey, we're not, we're, we've, by God's grace, I mean, we're still in number seven. But by God's grace, we're not a part of Laodicea. As a matter of fact, if I go back to the first quote, Brother Bram says we should be living above Laodicea. We should be living above their priorities. We should be living above their practices. We should be living above their news cycle. We should be living above the fear that's generated us. Fear everywhere you turn. Everything that happens. You know, there's uh, a new virus, or there's a new politician, or there's new uh, deficits, or, there, or whatever else. And uh, There's fear. Every, fear sells. Fear is a, uh, the, uh, drives a lot of things. People make a lot of decisions based on fear. And what Brother Bram's saying is that we should be above that. We should learn to live above that. And you know, if you're uh, of a mind to get married, you should get married and go on. Go on believing that God's going to bless that. If you're going to have children, go on and have children and, and believe that God's going to bless that. Let me tell you, he wants you to live and have life more abundantly. He wants you to love and he wants you to, uh, you know, to, to progress in your, in your family and in your life. And you have spiritual growth and character built into your system. God wants to have all of that. And I'll tell you what, where that comes is not from the internet. And it doesn't come from college. It comes from hearing the word. God's put a word in our last day. God's put a word in our midst here. God's put a word right in your path that will actually change not only your body, but it'll change your thinking. It'll change your level of fear. It'll change your perspective. It'll change your understanding of things. It'll change your knowledge of your destiny and where you're going. God's given us a word that'll prove all of that. It'll change all of that. So I'll tell you what, where do I start? Brother Barry, you're saying all kinds of words here. Where do I start? Here's where you start. Paul says, examine yourselves. Start right there. At the beginning of the the end of this day, uh, the 31st and end of the new year, you just say, Lord, I want to examine myself first. And you know what? There might be only one thing. There might be only one thing, Lord, that you could correct in me. One thing I need to be aware of. Lord, make me aware of that. And then give me the courage and the grace to change it. Give me the strength to be able to face that and change it. Start right there, and you watch. Brother Bram said, as you do that, he said you'll catch the smaller, you do the small things. He said you'll catch the greater things. But he says if you don't do the smaller things, he said it'll fly right over, right over the top of your head, be gone. I don't want to miss what God's got. I don't want to miss what what might be a part of what's going to change my body. I don't want to miss that. And you know, it's a great big world out there and they're all doing their own thing and churches are doing their own things and all the rest of it here. Let me tell you, I'm not responsible for everything that happens out there. But God's given me a jurisdiction. God's given me a role and a responsibility here. I want to be faithful to that. But you know what? I want you to be faithful to too. I want you to realize, hey, God's placed me. God's put me, positioned me in a certain place here. God, let me be faithful to that because everything depends on that. Me getting out of here depends on my faithfulness to your word. And Lord, lead me. And if you want me to make a change, make it clear. Make it clear. Yes, sir.
2: I'm not afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God be for me? What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. Oh, I'm not afraid anymore. Singing now. I'm not afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God be for me? What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? Oh, I'm not afraid anymore. afraid. Come on now. Everybody sing it. I'm not afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God be for me? What shall I say to these things? What shall we say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. No, I'm not afraid anymore. One more time afraid of the darkness. Whom shall I fear if God be for me? What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? I'm not afraid anymore. No, I'm not afraid anymore. Hallelujah. Give him a clap of praise. How great is our God And how great is His Word He's the greatest one That ever was heard Roll back the waters Of the mighty Red Sea and he said i'll go with you put your trust in me yes how great is our god how great is his word he's the greatest one Sing it again now, one more time. How great is our God. How great is His Word. Well, He's the greatest one. Do you believe that this morning? That ever was heard. And He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. That I will lead you. Put your trust
1: in me. God was not waving, Brother Branham, over the world to say, "See how great William Branham is." And Brother Branham never says that. God thinks of me so much, He waved me in front of the world. That's not what He's saying. What God was saying is, "It's Christ in a human being. I can so fill a person." And bring him to a place of maturity. Watch what I can do with a human being. That's all I'm saying. That's all God's saying. Watch what I can do with a man sold out to God. But you know what? He did not intend ever just to wave Brother Branham over this world. God's got a field full that are coming right behind. And you are that field. And we need to accept the responsibility that we are that field that God was expecting and God was blessing when he waved the first fruits over the rest of the world and showed the world what he could do with a human being. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. I think we should shout to the Lord. Let's sing it this morning here. Shout to the Lord. Run that up there, Lincoln.
2: My Jesus, Jesus
0: I sing oh your
2: Lord there's none like you.
0: you. All my days I want to praise the wonders of your
2: mind.
0: I come my shelter. To praise the wonders of Your mighty love, my comfort, my comfort.
1: it in ways, Lord, that they understand. But Lord, to us, it's a great thing that you brought us through another year. We thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord, and healing those that needed healing. And Lord, for moving the church on up to a higher place. But Lord, we're not done because we're still in these bodies. And we will not stop praying, Lord, that we would rise higher until we're sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, Lord, continue to shine that harvest sun, Lord, that we can can mature and grow to a place, Lord, where this earth is unacceptable to us. And we shall step across that divide, Lord, and step into that new body. We believe there's a body waiting. We believe there's a place for us at the great gathering of the Gentiles, Lord, on the other side. We believe Israel's is about to receive her light, her messengers. Lord, we believe there's a lot of things getting ready to give in our world. Father, our responsibility, though, is to look inward, to examine ourselves, and to, and to be aware that, Lord, we're living in the harvest time, harvest cycle. And at the very end, Lord, the sheaf, the first fruits have already been waved, it's already something in the past. But now, Lord, we are the field that you saw behind the first fruits. We are they which are promised to come. And I pray you'd help us, Lord, to accept that truth, accept that responsibility in our hearts. And, Lord, cause us to grow in grace and knowledge. We love you. And, Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd minister to those this morning that are reaching out to you in faith. And, Lord, for those that need healing, we thank you, Brother Keith, today, Lord, and ask, oh, God, that you would just wrap your arms around him, Lord, encourage him and strengthen him and give him that touch that he needs, Lord. And we of Henry today and his family, Lord, and commit them into your care and pray that you would bless them abundantly. Our young people are traveling back, Lord, and I ask that you would minister to them, Brother Aaron, as he travels. All of our families that are represented, Lord, thank you, Sister Melody and the children, and ask, dear Father, that you'd be merciful to them. We love you, Lord, with all of our heart. We love you more than we have before. And we'll give you thanks and praise, give you honor and glory in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning. I feel like going on. And with singing this we'll uh, dismiss you this morning if you want to linger a little and worship out of music is so nice and your singing is so nice it's just just a, a, a great place to be this morning I, I, I don't know of any other place I'd rather be than right here this morning and I uh, appreciate all of you being here with all my heart so sing it this morning as you go and may God bless you and um, bless your week and Lord willing we'll see you on Wednesday night here I feel like gold. I
2: feel like